Hello, hello. It's Wendy Starling back with another episode of I Love You, Please Stop and Other Things I Say to Myself and My Cat. You guys, first of all, hi. How are you? I hope you're doing well. I'm actually, I'm doing okay. I was able to stop playing the new Cardi B and Meg song, Wet Ass Pussy. I stopped playing it long enough to record this episode. Let's see how long I can last before I have to shut this whole operation down and start shaking my ass all over my apartment. That song is so fucking good. And the best part about it is that people are M-A-D about W-A-P. My goodness. My goodness. I get that part of it is, I think, feigned outrage because we're just looking for something to talk about besides the fact that we are in a global pandemic and in the midst of an economic and a global economic shutdown and depression. So I get that we're trying to find something else to be all fired up about. That's like why Tiger King was so popular because, I mean, it's a good show, but those people were mostly criminals. And so it wasn't that entertaining, but we were all just like, oh, look, something we can just distract ourselves with this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this shiny thing, huh? Look at this. How about this? Look at this shiny thing. What is that? Is that like a, a shell or is that a... No, the, sh- the shine, that's light reflecting off of the pussy juice. That's, it's, a sh- it's shiny. It's a wet-ass pussy. It's so wet that it sparkles in the sunlight. And now we're going to fight about it. People are pissed off about that. People are very upset also, and not a lot of people. This is a much smaller scale issue that maybe only I am personally experiencing. There are a handful of people that are not happy that I am on OnlyFans. I've only talked about it on the podcast, and I have been thinking about I'm going to do some kind of a promo on Instagram, but if I'm being honest, my parents are on there, and so it feels a little strange because, again... They kind of know about the sugar daddy stuff, but we all lied to each other. <laughs> like I said in the last episode where I just was like, no, 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 I, but I did a bar show and they didn't have cash, so they paid me in uh, round trip first class airfare. That's how I got this, from doing comedy, definitely, not from fucking somebody's grandfather. That's definitely how I got these plane tickets. So we all just choose to believe things to make our lives a little bit easier so we can get along with each other, and I get that. But the OnlyFans thing, I've got to promote it a little bit because I want more people on there. So I put something on my Instagram stories, just a quick little kind of a cute, fun, what I thought was a very funny thing to do, which was to promote it in line after the meditation little short episode that I released on this show a couple days ago. And I thought that was really fun. And thank you guys for your feedback. I'm reading those daily devotionals or daily meditative practices or whatever you want to call them. I'm reading those every day and I do find them helpful. And I will start doing some more of those on the podcast. Just little quick hits because I know we're all... So, and some of us are doing better than others. I do get a couple, most of you that message me, I do like, you'll be like, this is, oh God, thank God someone else is losing their fucking mind. Every now and then I get a message from <laughs> some of you saying, I, should I be doing worse? Because you seem to be doing fucking terribly. Should I? Because I feel kind of okay, but I listen to you and I think, am I an asshole for not thinking about suicide 50% of the time? And no, you're not. If you feel good, or relatively good compared to the situation, keep feeling good. If you feel like shit, it's not even feeling like shit. It's just feeling out of fucking control and you're trying to get some sense of stability and normalcy and something where it just feels like like a touchback. It's an, like an OCD type of behavior where you tap the table twice and your whole family stays alive forever or whatever little habits that we have. We all have little kind of things that we do. And we're just trying to find that in what's going on right now. And some sense of grounding and reality. And there are some people, like I said, you still have your jobs and financially you're secure and, and relationships are solid. And so there's some sense of fucking something being real or stable or mattering. For a lot of us, if you're in the same boat I am, things just seem up in the air, truly. It's like, I can't get my feet on the ground. Sometimes I can't catch a breath. It's super intense right now. And OnlyFans, I've honestly been finding that to be very helpful because it's a lot of positive feedback (laughs) and it's a simple, fun thing I can do. And it is enjoyable for me. I do. I get I get a little turned on taking pictures and putting them on there. I'm not going to lie. I'm into it. 
So I posted on my Instagram stories, like, hey, there's a meditative practice up. If you want to check it out, it's a seven-minute meditation. And then after that, it was a picture of the river. And then the following little story box, I thought, oh, this will be clever. I'm trying to work and be smart about you know doing fun little things on social media. And so the follow-up said something like, if the meditation and the relaxing waves didn't help you chill out, go to my OnlyFans and like a, like a winky face or a fucking leg kicking in the air or something. Trying to be kind of flirty, but not over the top, you know. And it was up for about two hours. I took it down because I got more than a few messages from people just straight up appalled. Like, Wendy, I thought you were a feminist. I cannot believe. I cannot believe you are on OnlyFans. You are smart. You are funny. You don't need to do this. And someone else was like, oh, way to be thirsty. Way to, you're so thirsty or whatever that fucking phrase is. And I didn't respond to any of them. The only one person I did respond to, because I was trying to be cute, because I think, I assume, who fucking knows if these people listen to the show or if they actually like me or if they're just following me, they're like hate follows from high school. I fucking who knows at this point. The one I did respond to, the thirsty one, I, I, I had to be honest, I was like, girl, it's beyond thirst. I am straight up dehydrated. You are not incorrect. I want validation. I do. I don't think that's a weird thing. That's most people want validation for the things that we're doing. We want to be told, great job, keep up the good work. You know, that's kind of what keeps us going. If you think about it, in any job, any job you've ever had, you show up, if you're doing a good job, you get what? A high five from your boss. You get a raise. You get some kind of award. In school, you get good grades. You get grades based on how well you do. And that's validation. In fact, if you get the best grades in your whole school, it's called the valedictorian. Okay? So don't, it's not a weird thing like gross. You want to be validated and you want people to tell you that you look hot. You want people to compliment your physical appearance. You're such a shallow fucking bitch. It's more than that. You're more than your body, Wendy. You're more than... And I agree. I am. I am a lot of other things. I have a brain. I, I do think I have the ability to be smart and say things that are meaningful. And I know I can be funny sometimes. Again, this podcast is in the journaling section, baby. So fucking good luck, huh? Good luck finding a joke in this fucking shit show. I mean, fucking hell. And this good luck finding a joke anywhere. I mean, Christ, they just shut down outdoor comedy in New York City. As of the day that I'm recording this on Thursday, the 12th or 13th, time doesn't matter. It's not real. I'm not going to look at my phone or my laptop. I'm just going to throw a number out there. It is the 13th. Aha, ding, ding, ding. It's not important. It's not important, but it is. Again, we're looking for some sense of stability. (laughs) So if my only sense of stability is remembering the calendar date, fuck it. I'm done for the day. Check that off my list and I can start drinking immediately. But they did. They banned outdoor comedy in New York City, and the the official memo said, okay, if you're going to do live entertainment, live performances, you can do music and DJs, that's fine. Venues are not, under any circumstances, allowed to have performances like exotic dancing, stand-up comedy, etc. So exotic dancing... And stand-up comedy were lumped in the same category, which I get. They are both equally exploitative. I get it. The difference is when you're an exotic dancer, you make money out of the gate. That's the difference. So don't tell me about respecting myself. I can't believe you're only fans. I thought you used your brain for your job. I do, but the job that I chose, which is stand-up comedy, doesn't pay you very much at all for the first anywhere from five to 10 years of doing it. There's no regular income from that. So now let's talk about who's exploiting themselves. To get on stage in front of a sold out comedy club and do a 10 minute guest spot on a Saturday night, you're doing 10 minutes of jokes that you wrote. You are on stage performing. It's not the easiest thing in the world to get on stage in front of a bunch of strangers and make them laugh. You go up and you kill for 10 minutes at a sold out Saturday night club show on a guest spot. Guess how much money you make? Zero dollars. A guest spot is a loophole to say, bitch, I'm not going to pay you. 
So, and I and I understand that's well. The comedy clubs are shut down, and I get I get the business model because they are trying to turn a profit. It also seems a little fucked, doesn't it? Doesn't it though? So now let's talk about who respects themselves and which career of the two that I've chosen, <laughs> which seems to be one that you would do if you respect yourself and your time and you value yourself. <laughs> the one that does not pay you or the one that pays you immediately out of the gate. And not only pays you, nice compliments. With the sugar daddy stuff, with OnlyFans, you got, it's the nicest fucking group of people. For the most part, they're saying nice things to you. It's not like a fucking regular Tinder date, which I cannot even remember a regular date, where you go out and the guy, he, he tries to split the bill because he doesn't think your tits are big enough, which is, okay, that's fucked up, but I get it. That's how people are. That's what we're going to do. And as soon as I went on seeking arrangements, I thought, oh, I'm done with regular dating. Those people are mean and nasty. And these people are very nice and they're doubly nice because they leave a little present in your purse. Okay. So let's lay off the respect yourself. And while we're on the fucking topic of sex work and comedy, some of the only shows when you are starting out that you can get on and be paid are naked comedy shows. That's one of the, and they pay a hundred bucks for 10 minutes. I can remember coming to New York and you get club spots and as you're working your way up, you're doing bar shows and it's free or you get $10 here and there out of a bucket or whatever. They collect tips and you're doing that and Creek in the Cave, my friend said, hey, we're doing a naked show. It's a hundred bucks. And I was like, I'll do that fucking right now. I've done three naked comedy shows. That's fucking humiliating to get on stage. And it's not just that I'm naked. You're hanging out with other comics naked in the green room. So we all have to look at each other like, wow, as if getting on stage and trying to make a joke about our mental illness isn't traumatic enough in order to get paid for it. We have to do it with our fucking cunts and dicks hanging out. Great, 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 great. Good business model. And, and only $100 for 10 minutes. And it's not even, it'd be different if we were doing naked comedy and maybe we're like, oh, we can't see the audience or it's to one or two people. These shows would sell out and the audience is allowed to be naked. So I, for $100, got on stage completely nude and did jokes for 10 to 12 minutes in front of a hundred people crammed into this sweaty room at the Creek in the Cave. And it was a lot of creepy looking dudes in the front row, fully naked with half chubs, not even laughing. They're just looking at your naked body. So now, now when I say, hey, I'm on OnlyFans, putting a picture of me in a bra and panties. That doesn't sound so bad, does it? That sounds like, oh, thank God Wendy started respecting herself and doing online sex work. Good for you, bitch. Good for you. And not only am I doing it as a way to motivate myself to work out and <laughs> honestly to dress up. I shaved my legs for a photo shoot yesterday. It's the b- best feeling I've had in months. Also, I have a feeling that OnlyFans just might be the key to saving my fledgling relationship. Now, I know that logic sounds backwards and incorrect, frankly. And that's probably because it is. That's probably because that is a bad logical conclusion. But it's what I have told myself to justify what the fuck I'm doing. Here's what's going on. This is a little segment I like to call Girl Talk. And boys, you're allowed to stay because maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you'll learn something to hear the girls talking with each other. And by girls talking with each other, I of course mean me talking to myself in my apartment. You'll learn something. So just it's don't get defensive and don't say, yeah, well, that bull girl, bull girls do this. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You just be quiet. Put your hands in your lap, not touching your wainers unless you're looking at my OnlyFans. But put your hands in your lap and just listen, okay? Thank you. All right, ladies, 
Let's get them. This is girl talk. Here's what's going on. I don't want to go into too much detail because you guys probably don't give a shit, first of all. And I want to have some semblance of privacy around this relationship because I really would like it to work. What's the short version? How can I get into this? We've talked about this before. I met this person a few months before the pandemic hit. And I thought at the time, oh my God, this is it. This is my guy. This is, I'm going to be able to leapfrog out of sex work because he's cool. I like him. He's cool with all the sugar daddy stuff. We're cool with each other. And he works in a field kind of similar to mine. And I just really thought this is it. I remember being so happy. Like, this is, this is it. This is my ticket out of this fucking industry. And I don't mean ticket as in money, because it's not a money thing. It's just like emotionally, I was like, oh, this is, I found someone that I can date that's not going to be cunty and judgmental and fucking shitty to me. And we actually get along. And I was very much looking forward to having my first, quote, real relationship. And it's not to say that I did not enjoy the three and a half years that I spent on the site and not that I didn't enjoy my time with the men that I dated through that site. There is something to be said for wanting a change and being ready to have, uh, you know, more like more of a stable relationship and something tangible, long term. You know, I'm no whippersnapper. I hate to remind you guys, but I'm 38 years old. Sorry, Hollywood. So I got to start thinking about settling down and not in a way. Of like, oh, the society says I have to settle down. Not like that, but I, because I want to. I, that's truly something that I would like to do. And I've learned a lot of communication skills in the last few years of dating through the site because, and if you're not in this world or in this type of relationship, you would not understand. But those relationships, the most open and honest communication I've ever had, just direct, straightforward. This is what I want. This is what I need. What do you want? What do you need? Great. Do we agree? Perfect. And we're, when we hang out, we're having a great time. And when we're apart, fucking we're, a, it's nothing. So I did enjoy that. And I did learn a lot from that. And I just was ready to kind of move on to the next phase of my life. That was very exciting. Then fast forward to March 14th. Everything shuts down and the world starts being slowly lit on fire. He's gone uh, in another country on the other side of the goddamn world. Very dramatic. And we started texting, as you would. It was texting a lot, which makes sense because... It's a dramatic situation. So I miss you and I can't wait to see you again. And we're sending pictures back and forth. And there was, it would have been sad to be apart without a pandemic. With the pandemic, everything is a million times more intense. I'm sure you are experiencing that in your life, specifically in relationships. And whether you've been married to someone for 25 years and you're living together, instead of just being kind of irritated with them, you are constantly fantasizing about a murder-suicide or maybe just a murder. Maybe you feel like you're great and you're like, this motherfucker, I can't stand the way they fucking breathe. I remember I've been in two relationships that each lasted two and a half years. That's my record. Thank you. I know. It's just something to be so proud of. So see, so now take my relationship advice. I dated two different men for two and a half years. Actually, the longest relationship I ever had was little over three years, and that was with a guy from the site. And that was with someone who had another main partner. If you are picking up what I'm putting down, that was actually fucking ideal for me because I was on for two or three hours, off for a week. Ah, what a dream. What a dream. Wendy, focus. You want love and a real relationship. (laughs) I, I, I constantly have to redirect myself, redirect myself. Don't go back to the familiar because it's comfortable. Focus on the new, focus on the new thing that you want and working towards that goal. But it's fucking tough, especially during this time because everything's so fucking out of control that it's natural to revert to our old habits. You know, like I was saying, everything's super intense. So if you were in a relationship, the first month of the pandemic, just it ratcheted up to a million and you're like, you fuck you. I told you the toilet paper goes over the fucking top for the last goddamn time. You know what? I'm out of here. Because I think we all had this moment 
when everything shut down, where it was like a collective midlife crisis, <laughs> no matter how old you were. And we thought, oh my God, I have to take inventory of my life. What's important to me? What do I want to do? What, what, well, I've squandered my life. I got to start making changes. And I, we all kind of had this eat, pray, love fantasy where we thought, all right, I'm going to take charge of my life. I, we're all going to put our masks on and this will be over in two to four weeks. And when everything opens back up, I'm going to take charge of my life and it's going to be a new me. I'm going to cut bangs. I'm going to start wearing red lipstick and that's for boys or girls. And I'm, I'm going to just take over, take over the world. <laughs> we want this attitude because we thought it was going to be two to four weeks. So you had people just straight up leaving their partners, people getting divorces, people that have been living together, just fuck you, I'm getting my own place. And you go get your own. I, I knew so many people that just moved out, got new apartments, blew up their relationships. And the opposite, people in my position that were single, you've a week alone in a pandemic and you start to go, oh my God, I have been just out gallivanting around, having meaningless sex. I've been working towards this career goal, and sure, I have this, but I've got no love, and isn't that what's really important is family and love and security, and it's the opposite for the people that have families, because you're like, fuck, I should have stayed single and got a bunch of fucking money and traveled and done a bunch of cool shit, so we all kind of flipped, and we thought, I want the, I want the thing that the other people have, so the single people, the first week under quarantine, it's like, okay, well, fuck, I guess I'll go on a Zoom date. And the first person you make eye contact with for longer than 30 seconds, you're like, I, so this is a legal partnership? So, so we are, so, so are, we, are, you, are you proposing to me? Well, I just assume you're proposing since you hit start camera and turned your microphone on. I assume that's because you're, you're so in love with me and you, do you want to just move in? We, I mean, in order to physically touch someone, we have to be quarantined together. There were so many, I know, uh, not so many, I know personally about seven or eight, that's kind of a lot of people that met during quarantine, the very beginning, and they just fucking moved in with each other. Cause they're like, I don't wanna be alone, I can't be alone. And so it's just this flip. And I think, I truly believe we all did the same shit with the belief that it would be over in about a month. And we are going to come, just come out of this quarantine, fuck, and we were all going to be ripped. Because we're like, that's it. I'm changing my life. I'm doing the push-up challenge. I'm going to be hot, in love, and or newly single, and fucking rich. And I'm going to be halfway through a book. I'm probably going to be halfway through the book I've been meaning to write. That's what I think we all thought was going to happen. And then as it creeped into month two, three, four... We all slowly like, <laughs> sidestepped back to our old ways because we're just like, oh, fuck, wait a minute. Hmm. I think this is not really an eat, pray, love scenario. <laughs> we're all just locked in our homes. It's not so much eat, pray, love. It's more like eat, sit, cry. And that's very depressing. So we've all slowly gone back to our old habits and behaviors. And I get it. People, I had one friend who fucking blew up her life, walked out on her husband, and she was like, and you keep the kid, and I'll come back. This is true. You keep the kid, and I'll just fucking come back and visit when, you know, when this is over in a month. I need some time to myself. This bitch came crawling back to him like a month and a half later, just like, hey, 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 I would like to apologize. She had to... I mean, oh, how embarrassing. She was nauseous. I mean, this is a friend of mine from when I was a kid. And holy fuck, I'm sure she's not the only one that did this. Just come crawling back. I was like, bro, just tell him it was a COVID symptom. You're like, look, I, I know, I know I said I hated you so much that I would not fuck you with your dead mother's cunt. But... I think I think it was COVID. There are a lot of weird symptoms that are just coming out. You know, it's constantly, at first it was just a cough, and then it was like, oh, and you can't taste food. And there's some woman in England who was hallucinating bears and lions were in her apartment. You know, I'm sure somewhere in New Zealand or Zimbabwe, there's someone else who also told their partner, hey, I would never fuck you with your dead parents' body parts. I'm sure, this, babe, this can't be, just be me, and I'm, and I'm sorry, and I want to apologize. And <laughs> I also, I just, I want to mostly, I just want to tell you, I love the way you breathe. I fucking love the way you breathe. I just want to hear you breathe. <laughs> just because you're like, well, fuck, I can't, what am I, I going to do? Sit around an empty apartment? Because guess what? Most of us lost our jobs. That's why people threw their relationships just topsy-turvy. That's why people either broke up or fucking moved a motherfucker in. Because the normal eat, pray, love, midlife crisis thing, everyone knows is you're like, you take this job and shove it. Well, (laughs) 
most most of us our our jobs took us and shoved us because we're just fucking broke and alone and scared or with a partner and fucking scared that we're going to be stuck with them forever. I mean, God damn, if you are in the situation like my friend is, I will give you the same advice that I gave to her. Keep your chin up, (laughs) keep your legs closed and just try again when there's a vaccine. You know, that's what we got to do. We just got to sit tight and wait till this shit figures itself out. It's really tough especially to reel yourself back in emotionally when you've gone so far in a relationship, right? Whether you've told someone to fuck off and kill themselves or you can confess your undying love for a stranger and now two or three months in, you're like, oh, God damn it. They fucking chew their food weird. And I never noticed the way they, they blink a lot when they laugh. It's very unsettling. I do not, I, I don't think I like this person. I think I do not like this person. <laughs> but... We're engaged because, again, caught up in the whirlwind of a global pandemic, we thought, I can't go through this alone. I just need to be with you. And you realize, oh, wait a minute. Oh, no, no. I'm not in love with you. You were just the first person with whom I had physical contact after a three-week period of sitting alone in my fucking studio apartment. So I thought you were the one. Okay? Here's the thing. It's cool. That's normal. We all overreacted emotionally to this shit. And the grown-up thing to do is walk it back gingerly and gently, admit to yourself first, and then to your partner, hey, I think maybe we went wrong somewhere and I overreacted and everything was just too intense. That's the way to do it. And I know it's difficult because, you guys, I don't know if you've ever heard stand-up comedy, but relationships are hard. They really are hard. And especially while there's an invisible virus going around killing people and we still don't have any kind of clue how to vaccinate ourselves against it. Ooh, so romantic. It's so romantic. It's fucking gnarly. And communication, people aren't good at communicating normally. You know, if if you're having a problem communicating, First of all, don't listen to this podcast. I can barely put a sentence, like one complete sentence together without veering off into another thought. Go right now. Go to Netflix. If you don't have it, message me. I have it. That's right. I pay for my own goddamn Netflix and no one else has my password. I will give you my Netflix password. Thank you to OnlyFans. Uh... I will give you my Netflix password. You've got to watch Love on the Spectrum. It's about people with autism dating. It's fucking phenomenal. Truly, people say, oh, with autism, because the thing with autism is you can't pick up, like autism and Asperger's, you can't pick up on nonverbal cues and you can't give them off. Like, so you can't mask your own feelings and emotion by bullshitting. If you don't like something, you physically cannot say that you like it. If you do not like something, <laughs> you can't help, but it's just, it's like, it's like having truth serum constantly. Okay. That's the main kind of qualifier for Asperger's and autism. That's, that's one of the telltale signs is you cannot tell a lie. And I got to say, the idea that that trait makes it more difficult to function in society and have long-lasting, fulfilling relationships, I believe that is backwards. I think maybe it's more difficult to function in society because the rest of us are constantly bullshitting each other and ourselves. That's what it is. The rest of us are constantly just lying to ourselves and each other about what we like. No, no, I'm happy. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I don't know that I've ever said it's fine when it's actually fine. I can honestly, if, if I honestly, every time I've said it's fine, it's not fine. It's not. Okay. No one, even now you say, how are you? People are like, good. Yeah. Great. Great. I'm great. We're all fucking just assholes and constantly just fucking around. And so, yeah, if you've got natural truth serum pumping through your veins, you're not going to be able to function in a society where everyone's full of shit constantly and is lying to themselves and placating themselves and everyone around them, lying to and placating themselves and everyone around them. Yeah, that's difficult to function. But as far as having fulfilling relationships, but the truth serum people, they have that on lockdown. Truly. Watch that show. It's so simple. It's so simple. There'll be two people on a date. They're having a good time, I guess. They're talking back and forth, asking, so what are your interests? What are your interests? It's very sweet. At the end of the date, 
they'll stand there and look at each other. And one of them will say, okay, so I'll start. Uh, I had a lovely time and I think you're really great and I like your hair color and I would love to see you again. Would you like to see me again? And the other person will say, no, I would not like to see you again. I did not feel a connection and I did not have fun. And they, neither of them take anything personally and they just kind of look at each other and say, okay, well, do we want to handshake or hug? And they'll be like, nope, I don't want to be touched. Okay, great. And they walk away and nobody's mad. They might be sad. They'll say, yeah, I feel sad. My feelings are hurt, but that's okay. That's their right to feel that way. It's so refreshing and everybody needs to watch this and take a cue from the truth serum people. The autism and Asperger's thing, it really, it has a negative connotation. Like you're weird. I'm like, I don't think they're weird. I think they're super honest. They're super honest and they are very in touch with who they are and what they want. So I watched that for three days while I was not speaking with the person I'm dating. Oh, how did you get to that point, Wendy? Well, let me tell you. I decided to take a three-day communication break in an effort to save our relationship. And I know it might sound weird, or maybe it doesn't sound weird. Maybe this is, you, you guys could be listening and saying, no, no, Wendy, this is the healthy thing to do. Maybe because I've never had a truly healthy relationship. My MO is I'll be seeing someone, it's great, it's great, it's great. And if they don't call or text me for, I don't know, a few hours, I think that's it. They hate me. They've, they found out I'm a piece of shit and I'm too ugly and stupid and fat and old and small-titted anyway. I'm blocking them. So that is my personal move. And it's not, it's not the healthiest, but it's really helped me stay alone. It's helped me stay alone for the majority of my life and it's something that I want to change. So one of the things I've been doing, because again, there's not much we can really do to change our circumstances, Right now, under quarantine, we can't quit our jobs because we don't have them. You can learn a new skill. I have some friends that are learning to code, and that's not some weird Twitter slam. They are literally learning to code. And you can work on changing nutritional habits and exercise habits. So there are little things you can do. But the big work, as far as changing your life and behavioral patterns, that work is all mental. So meditation is really key. And this is something that we can all be doing, even living in a tiny room by yourself. You can meditate. And if you're like me, you got to do it a few times a day to hit the reset button because things get overwhelming. Now, meditation, it's good to slow your breathing down. Once you get in the habit of that, you can pick a specific thing that you'd like to change. So whether it is you you like a different career, you want to start traveling more, or you want to be more in touch with your friends and family, or you want to stop beating yourself up, or you'd like to have a healthy relationship, whatever your thing is, or maybe you do, maybe you do want to write a book. I know I made a joke, because but maybe you want to write a book, fucking whatever. Find out the thing, your main thing that you want to work on, and that change will start in your brain. So you start looking at, okay, this is something I've always wanted to do, but I've never accomplished whatever the goal is. And why is that? What mental blocks are holding me back from accomplishing this specific goal that I so desperately want to do, but for some reason I'm always self-sabotaging, okay? So once you figure that out and you start to work on that shit and you pinpoint it like I did, you have to face yourself and do very uncomfortable things like change behavioral patterns. And again, we're in a quarantine. The world is, I mean, it's true, truly chaos right now. It's truly overwhelmingly chaotic. And so we are going back into old habits and I get it because we need routines to help us feel safe. It's the extreme version of Rain Man, okay? where you got to watch Judge Wapner at 3 p.m. or whatever the routine is to keep you fucking focused, we're all finding that we're doing that. And it could be an actual physical behavior. It could be something as simple as a thought pattern where you just start thinking, oh, I'm a piece of shit or whatever. Life sucks anyway. And we're, it's, just, it's just a pile of shit. Nothing works out. So whatever, I'll just fucking not try anyway. Whatever your thing is, okay? So for me, it's relationships. And this guy I'm seeing, we were texting each other quite a bit quite a bit, many times from the second I was awake, there was a text. And in the middle of the night, sometimes we'd be half asleep, just wake up and just send a heart or whatever. And while that was very sweet, again, for the first month, 
It's very Romeo and Juliet. After a while, it became almost toxic and codependent. It was not healthy. And we were, I mean, it was, I, 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 I'm not going to go into any more detail. You get the idea. Okay. It was unhealthy and it started to feel like an addiction, a dopamine dump where I would send a text and be constantly just looking at my phone, waiting for a response for, and, and nothing important, truly nothing important, sending pictures of raccoons and things like that to each other. It's not, we weren't, we, we, we weren't like, how's this for a wedding vow? That's not what was happening. It was just to have contact with each other because it felt comforting and it was our last memory of the world before it exploded was us hanging out together and we both had the same feeling of, I think you're the person I'm going to be with. You might be the person I'm going to be with. So it was this magical feeling and now we're ripped apart. But I mean, it just got unhealthy and we started fighting with each other, picking fights about nothing. Well, it's not about nothing. The reality is we're picking fights because we want to see each other, but because we're acting like insolent babies, because he and I have a similar relationship pattern, which is to not be in relationships, we just started being really mean and nasty to each other. And it's wild because we know that we care for each other. And you know when you're being shitty to someone, and maybe it's because you're trying to get them to, to break up with you or to leave you alone. This is very specifically in romantic relationships because maybe you don't feel good enough or you don't feel ready or you don't feel worthy of someone's love and affection and they're being very kind to you. And so you just start being cunty to them for no reason. Like As it's happening, as you're saying the shitty thing, I've had this experience recently where as I'm saying the shitty thing, I can see the words coming out of my mouth and I'm like, no, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? Come back, come back, come back. You don't mean that. What are you doing? It feels like you're possessed by a zombie who is PMSing and also probably has low blood sugar. It's not fun. And then you say that thing and it's like, oh, God damn it, I said that. And now you, then part of your brain goes, we should apologize. The other part of your brain's like, you stand by what the fuck you said. You don't have to apologize to anyone, especially not a man. It's fucking wild. I don't know. And this was, the cycle was going back and forth. And I thought, okay, I, we did the thing where you go like, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not mad. No, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. I, it's fine. Yep. No, but just because I miss you. Okay. Okay. Bye. 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 And that's just not healthy. And after only a few rounds of that kind of activity, I got really sad and I said, hey, we got to have a talk because this doesn't feel good and I'm sad. Again, I got this from Love on the Spectrum. If I hadn't watched Love on the Spectrum, I would have come up with some convoluted new age therapy kind of BS of like, look, I know that maybe you're lashing out at me because of intimacy issues. And I know that I'm lashing out of you, at you because of my insecurities and my past. And when you said this one thing, it triggered something from when I was seven. Okay, knock it off, knock it off. Stop it, stop, stop. It's much simpler than that. It's much more simple than that. In relationships, even friendships, if you like the person, not even love, if you like the person and you respect them, and you want them to feel nice, then be nice. It's so simple. It's truly that simple. And if you're wondering, huh, what could I do to make this person feel good? What would this person like from me? What, what can I do to make this person feel happy? It's also very simple. Shut your mouth and listen to what they're saying. It's pretty easy, okay? It's pretty easy. So I watched the show. Thank God I did because I was able to break down over three days of not being able to immediately spout off in a text or a phone call. And then the one time you said this, what the fuck was that supposed to mean? You know, you scroll back and you're taking screenshots of text message exchanges from like four months back. That's healthy. It's not healthy, by the way. So if you're doing that, and I know some, are, I know there's some girls that are like, yeah, see, it is healthy. It's, I was doing a joke. It's not healthy. Uh, but it's not really a joke. It's sarcasm. <laughs> you guys get the difference, right? But it's not healthy. So if you find yourself scrolling back to take screenshots of text message exchanges and emails, it's like, well, this, see, this is why I sent this to you in a PDF format so you couldn't change it. So this, see, this is, look at this. What about this? What about this thing that you said seven years ago? Like, what are you talking about? Stop it. Stop. And don't just knock it off. 
stop it, full stop, and just reset. It's like when you meditate in the middle of the day, you got to shut it down, baby. Just no thoughts, nothing, stop. If you have anxiety building up from the morning and all the things you're thinking about, who cares? Shut it down. Close your eyes. Stop. And when you open your eyes, don't carry any of that baggage from the previous part of the day with you. Don't. You do not. So I took that practice and I thought, let me try this in a relationship setting because it's the opposite of what I would normally do. My instinct is to block this person and never speak to them again. But that has gotten me to where I am now, which is all alone. So I'm doing the opposite. I'm doing the self-work. See? So if you want to do this shit, you know it with me. It fucking sucks. I mean, it's good in the long run, but goddamn, is it difficile? Okay? So instead of blocking him, I said, let's take a three-day break. And I watched a documentary about autistic people dating. And I started selling pictures of my pussy on the internet for $5 a month. And I really think that's going to be the key to saving this relationship. I really do. (laughs) I actually do. And I do want to get back because I can already tell it's helping. Mostly because anytime I feel like I want to text him, I, to get that validation of, does anyone like me? I just post a picture on OnlyFans and then I read your nice comments and it feels nice. I like that exchange. It's harmless. It's fun. We're all having a good time. It, and it truly, it hits that same dopamine button of like, oh, I'm engaging with somebody. But no offense, for my OnlyFans, I'm not trying to cultivate a long-term relationship with you. So if it becomes weirdly codependent and toxic... Who gives a shit? I don't, and you shouldn't either. Who cares? It's fun. Like, that's a fun activity. I'm not really, I'm not, well, what I'd really like is to be on OnlyFans for the next 25 to 35 years. That's what I'm looking for. In an OnlyFans member, I'm looking for honesty, integrity, a good credit score. Who fucking gives a shit? We're just trying to have a, we're just having a good time. Okay? So with my dude and I decided after taking a three-day break, we talked, and very adult conversation, Very simple. I like you. Do you still like me? Yes, I still like you. I'm just upset because I miss you. And this, we talked about a couple things. Very basic, easy, short sentences, not not a lot of multisyllabic words, basic shit. Do you like me? Yes. Do you like me? Yes, I like you too. Okay, great. Do we want this to work? Yes. How should we do that? Let's brainstorm ideas. It's so simple. And you can do that in your relationship. If you're with a partner you've been with for a long time and you guys are fighting or you're just not into each other anymore, or you feel like you're at each other's fucking throats, it's just hard stop. Sit each other down and say, okay, what the fuck? I know you can't, it's easier if you do the silent treatment when you're dating someone long distance, or you just don't live in the same house. I understand it's difficult if you're in the same house to do silent treatment, (laughs) especially if you're in a tiny apartment. (laughs) It's like, okay, look, we we gotta reset this relationship, so for the next three days, do not make eye contact with me, and no touching. We're making a pillow wall in the middle of the bed, that doesn't really work. And that might not be the most helpful for couple bonding <laughs> to be like, we're sleeping back to back, no touchies. So, so this is more for single people where you can really just shut it down and reset. And reset, the term reset, I like that because obviously uh, the reset button on a video game or on a phone, you're refreshing the settings. But also I think of it as like resetting a bone. That's when I use the word reset whether I'm referring to interpersonal relationships or even meditating to reset your brain throughout the day, I think of it as resetting a bone. So if you've ever broken a bone, if you just crack it, you hurt, you fall, and you just crack a bone, a lot of times the doctors will be like, oh, it's fine. It'll just heal on its own. It'll just grow back on its own. Well, what happens sometimes is that little crack that seems like nothing, if you don't address it and you let it try to heal on its own, It'll get kind of wonky, and so it'll grow back, and it's not fully functional. So you don't have f- full movement, a full range of motion with your arm or your leg or whatever, okay? That's a real thing that happens a lot. So the bone, when you like, oh, there's just a crack, just leave it. It's fine. It's fine. It's probably fine. It's fine. It grows in wonky, and then you're like, well, I can't really bend my elbow all the way, and it hurts when I try to lift my arm up over my head. And you go to the doctor, and the doctor will say, well, here's what happened. There was a crack. We didn't address it, and it healed, but it healed in a fucked up way, and now it's not fully functioning or healthy. So we can either leave it like this, or we can completely re-break the bone and reset it. And that's what I am trying to do with my relationship. And I've done it a few times, but 
that's so when I say the word reset, I think of it like that. I think it's important to do, and it sucks. And just like the metaphor of your bones, it hurts, baby. <laughs> but it does. You just have to like fucking. This is growing. This is this this is coming in weird. This is coming in wonky. <laughs> okay. So you just gotta stop and break that motherfucker right down the middle. Just snap it in half and reset it. And it's painful, and it takes a lot longer. It takes a lot longer to heal and grow back. But if you do that, even though it's kind of a pain, it's in the long run, that's what you got to do if you want to be fully functional. That is true if you are an arm or a leg or a human person or a relationship. If you want to be fully functional, you've got to be constantly checking in to make sure things are growing in the right way and in the right direction and things are connecting properly. And for things to grow improperly, it uh, takes a lot of time. It takes a while. And so what are you going to do in the meantime? What are you going to do in the meantime while you're putting yourself on texting restriction and trying to be responsible so you don't blow up your relationship? I don't know. You could pick up a crochet habit. You can work on your book. You can do what I've chosen to do, which is, again, post nudes of myself on the internet. I would like to say in my defense again <laughs> to these fucking cons, and I know they're, they're high school people, who have the audacity to write to me and say, I can't believe that's not what the world needs. The world, that's the same thing with the, the WAP video. Everyone's like, this is filth. This is filth. This is unhealthy. This is rotting the minds of our children. This is pornographic. Okay, what would you rather I do? Make a cooking show? Should I do a cooking show on YouTube? Is that what I should do? Should I do a cooking show? You know, you know what's unhealthy and detrimental and literally poisonous to people? Overeating and junk food and sugar and food addiction. That's not good either, okay? Do not try to convince me that pictures of naked bodies is worse for society than a woman cooking butter on butter on butter cake. I just don't buy it. Can I be honest? What do you, food, we call it what? Food porn? They literally call it food porn. Okay? And the thing, here's the people that are, are anti-porn and anti-sex work, their whole thing is, hey, get this, stop talking about these wet-ass pussies. Sex is for procreation only. That's what it's for. It's not to be enjoyed. It's not for fun. And it's definitely not for women to come all over the place, so much so that they need a mop and a bucket. That's obscene. Anytime sex is used for anything other than procreation, it is an abomination of God. It is abomination of nature. And it's poisonous to society. Okay? Sex is for one thing and one thing only. And that's making babies, baby. <laughs> okay? So by that logic, and okay, if we want to follow that line of logic, great. So if we want to follow that line of logic, I will... Follow that and apply that now to something like the Food Network or even a simpler, something like an M&M, one of my favorite snacks. So if you logically, if you think, hey, sex is for procreation only, it should not be enjoyed. I don't want to hear about your wet ass pussy slopping up and down the hallways. Knock it off. Then you must also agree that M&Ms are an abomination of God because what is the purpose of food? Food is there to nourish us. Okay, give us fuel so that our bodies can do all the things they need to do. M&Ms, on the other hand, while they are something that you put in your mouth, I don't think anything in an M&M technically qualifies as food. It's artificial coloring and sugar. And you say porn rots the minds of children. M&Ms literally rot your teeth. They literally rot your teeth out. So if we're following that line of logic, the people that hate porn should also hate junk food. They should hate anything that's not an organically grown fruit or vegetable. They should. Because anything else, it's an abomination of food. And they should hate anyone that is one ounce overweight. Because how dare you? Be? You're eating more than your body needs. Look at this fat fuck eating more than their body needs. That's an abomination to God. Food is not to be enjoyed. Food is not to be enjoyed. It's to give you fuel to live so that you can have sex one time. And that one time, you better make a baby, baby. 
That's the logic, though. It doesn't make any sense. It's so fucking stupid. Honestly. And if we're being honest, what, I think the Food Network and all these, that's probably worse for society, especially right now. We're in a health crisis. We got to get in shape. We need to be focused. We need to be on our feet, spry. The healthier you are, the less likely you are. And again, I know COVID hits all different types of people. I mean, man, get spry. At least get fast. Maybe you can dodge a COVID. Maybe you're spry enough. You know, someone sneezes, you can drop low real quick. Drop low, dodge those COVID droplets. You know? Be fast like the Matrix, just dodging bullets. Who fucking knows? It can't hurt to be healthier, all right? And not even that, but just stress level, everything. And I used to be a trainer, so <laughs> I know, shocking. So I actually do believe the shit that I'm saying, and this is not some wacky bullshit thing I'm pulling out of my ass to try to put together some type of a premise for a joke <laughs> that I might try to do on stage in 37 years. That's not what this is. I truly believe... It's good to be healthy. Okay, so the Food Network shows, and I love watching all this shit, but that's way worse for society than OnlyFans. Way worse. Way worse. I have so many friends that they're just like, look, and I'm teaching how to bake bread. Stop it. Stop. Stop. And there's a video of me making a cake. First of all, you look psychotic. Everyone looks like a weird Stepford wife. Knock it off. My friends haven't brushed their hair in weeks, and they're just like, here's a cheesecake. It's terrifying. That actually, if I'm being honest, that is worse for society than OnlyFans and porn. Honestly. I mean, okay, hear me out. And again, this is not, this might be a joke promise I'm working on, so get out your notepads. <laughs> honestly, but like, food. so if I make a video of me baking a cake, and you follow along at home, okay, what are the possible outcomes of that? Let's list them. One, you eat the cake. Mm. Delicious. Okay, that's sugar, fat, flour. It's a bunch of shit that's not good for you. It's an abomination of God because it's probably not even food and it's definitely not healthy. So now we have increased chance of diabetes, high blood pressure, sugar addiction, general bloating. When you eat a lot of starch and dairy like that and sugar, it's not good for your tum tum. Okay, so you're going to be bloated and gassy and you might be constipated or have violent diarrhea. Everyone's body reacts differently and that's okay. Everyone has a different physical response to eating an entire ricotta cheesecake in under 20 minutes, which is how I assume we're all eating our pastries at this point in life. You just fucking open your mouth, kick it back all the way down. Don't stop till it's gone. Don't stop till it's gone. That's how I like to eat pastries. Because <laughs> they're like, well, if I just finish it, then I won't, have, I won't be able to eat it anymore. If I finish it, then temptation won't be here. Correct, but you will be in the bathroom for many hours, many, many hours, okay? So not only is your body a wreck, your bathroom's destroyed, but your kitchen's a mess. And it took, what, four or five hours of your time? So that's what happens if you follow a cooking video with me. You follow along, we do a little DIY, little virtual cake baking sesh, okay? On the other hand, if I send you a video of me having adult time activities with myself and you decide you would like to follow along at home, what are the possible outcomes? You're going to have an orgasm? That's pretty fun. It feels good. Your heart rate goes up. That's cardio. That's good. Takes what? Time? Three to seven minutes max? Max? Longer than seven minutes, you're not in the mood for yourself, so just quit. And cleanup. There's very little cleanup depending on how much of a fucking freak you are. <laughs> that is something I do want to investigate. The, on Pornhub, there are ads constantly about Semenax. I was like, what the fuck is this ad? And it's for dudes to be like, do you only come four ounces of jizz? Be a real man. And there's like a pint glass and it's just filled. I'm like, who wants a pint glass? I, men, okay, girl talk is, this is, this is men talk. So men, listen in. Girls, put your hands in the air if you agree. Less come is better. When it comes to come, less is more. How about when it comes to come, less is best? There we go. That's a rhyme. Put that on a pillow. And that is something I will say at some fucking comedy show. Real hacky. I'll probably say it at a drive-in just because it's easy and fun. And then people honking horns and flashing their lights, throwing pints of cum on the stage. I can't wait. It's going to be great. <laughs> Honestly. We got to slowly start combining porn with all the food shows. I think that's the way to go because we can't abolish the food network. Okay. You saw how hard it's been to try and abolish the police. Can you imagine abolish Bobby Flay? Not going to happen. People love Bobby Flay and I'm one of those people. So we need to slowly integrate it. That way you can still watch your cooking shows and make the snacks. But if you're, if you alternate having a snack with having a snack, 
Your life's going to be better. And you'll be in a better fucking mood. Honestly. Nothing feels better than coming. The only thing better than an orgasm is maybe a scary roller coaster and crying. Those are the only two things. And at this point, aren't we all kind of over crying? We're over it. We've been doing a lot of it. If you cry and come at the same time, whoo. And then with the, obviously the triple whammy, roller coaster, so high and so fast, the wind make tears come out and it tickles your little privates. That was a really, that might've been one of the grossest things I think I've ever said. Cause privates is what you say when you're talking to a little kid. Ooh, that made my privates tingle. Ugh, what a fucking perv. Cause that is a sentence that I did say, I think when I was like five or six on the dragon swing and my parents were like, what a f- Nympha. I remember saying, I was like, ooh, my privates, it tingled. I'm sorry, that's, this is, I, gotta, I gotta reel this in because this is probably disturbing to any of you that have children, especially daughters. Like, is my kid getting off on the swing? Probably, probably. But it's fine, it's fine. She'll grow up to have a podcast. <gasps> uh, <laughs> or she can grow up and work on one of my weird food porn things. And that's what I'm gonna call it too because I know they refer to... They're like, oh, it's food porn, a big sloppy hamburger with an egg on it and whipped cream and a donut for buns. Look at this food porn. Because that's what it is. It's unnecessary (laughs) food. Because it is. It's gluttonous, which is, ugh. It's kind of the best version of everything. All right? So I have, here's what I'm going to call it. We're going to call it food, comma, porn. So that's the category. So this is a unique category of video. So we're going to make a new genre of these DIY fun videos. And by we, I of course mean myself, but I'm saying we so that I feel less alone because as I have said multiple times, and as you're very aware, I am recording this alone in my apartment, staring at a reflection of myself. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> We've all lost our minds. Ugh, but it's going to be called food, comma, porn. Do we like that? Is this a good idea? Great. I'm workshopping this with you guys. Okay, so it's called food, comma, porn. What we do is we take formats that are already familiar, and then we just sprinkle a little bit of porn in there. Just sprinkle a little bit of twat. Okay? So here I have these ideas. So the first we'll do is, like I said, everyone loves Bobby Flay. So the first one is Beat Off Bobby Flay. It's the same show. It's the same Bobby Flay. The same format, because I love a cooking battle. The only difference is while Bobby's running around trying to beat the challenger in his kitchen, we have somebody, I was going to say chick, but you know what? It could be anyone, anyone, any gender. We'll pull your name out of a raffle. It'll be the audience that cheers for Bobby Flay on that show. We'll just random a raffle. We'll pull someone's name and you come on down, come on down. And then get to the stage. We're like, keep going down, down further to your knees, get to your knees, get to your knees, boy. And then that person's job is to try to make Bobby come before he finishes the meal, which is tough because he's running around. So you got to follow this guy. You got to follow Bobby. He's running around in the kitchen and he gets back and you're, you're, follow, you're just trying to get, keep a hold on that dick. That's a fun show. Okay. Bobby's like, oh, I've only got 10 more minutes to finish this lamb sausage. And the guy underneath is like, hey, you're telling me. Hello. So see, there's a fun opportunity for like silly humor. So that's one show. The other one, obviously, Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives, Triple D. Guy Fieri, we already know him. What's the porn element? Well, it's a two-parter. One. We get him giant breast implants so that he has double D's. So it's Guy Fieri with double D's. He still goes to the restaurants and says, like, these people make the best chicken fried steak in the whole fucking galaxy. Ah!" And he does that. And then in between talking to customers, they're like, this really is the best chicken fried steak. This is the best chicken fried steak I've ever had. And I'll say, yeah. And after you're done with your meal, check out the bathroom. This is a great great place to give a public head. And then the interview people were like, yeah, yeah, no, actually, my first kid was conceived in this bathroom. It's really great. And I got it, again, the chicken fried steak in the back, you can't beat it. So that's fun. And finally, we'll do the best thing I ever ate. This is easy. It's, again, the same general premise. Famous chefs, all these people you know and love. Instead of talking about the favorite dishes they've ever had, it's just a bunch of people talking about the best mouthful of wet-ass pussy they ever had. That's it. That's the show. It's just nonstop in different pictures. And that's also, so that's good for a lot of reasons. One, we're empowering women, okay? Two, who doesn't love a money shot? It's just, it's just the same. It's the money shot over and over, which we love. It's also going to be good for women because it's important for girls to see that there are so many different types of wet-ass pussies. Big, small, hairy. It's really, and we need to not have shame about it. We need to feel good about our WAP traps, 
I honestly, I think this could work. And it is, again, I'm loose. I might be loosely working on some kind of a joke premise. Who am I going to tell jokes to? I can't anymore. I'm just going to walk down the street and I have to just yell at people on the street. If I have a joke premise, I literally have to just yell at someone on the street, which is probably what I'm going to do because it's early enough that I can take a shower and just go start shouting this out. I might, you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to go stand at an outdoor bar and just workshop this premise on people. And it will be funny, God damn it. And not only will it be funny, but food, comma, porn is going to be real. It's going to be real and it's going to be helpful. All right? Not only... <laughs> look, me getting involved in porn is not just going to save my relationship. We're, it's going to save the whole goddamn world. That's right. You heard it here first. This WAP is going to keep the world at peace. Huh? Is that something? Who knows? <laughs> we'll figure it out in post. <laughs>